Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. All right, you guys, I am so excited for our guest that we have today. Um, I have been following Nisha since the Betty Red Design Days, and I'm curious how many of our listeners know about that brand, Nisha. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, If you don't know her, Nisha teaches business strategy to freelance designers so they can build businesses that aren't just creative, but profitable. And I don't know about everyone out there, but I definitely want my business to be super profitable. Um, She has several really amazing resources for designers, including her Social Splash and Freelance Marketing Plan eBooks, which both they help designers find clients. So it seems only natural that we would be talking to her today about marketing your design business and then managing all of those amazing clients once you've got them in your schedule. I am so excited to chat with Nisha today. Why don't you start out by telling us about how you started your design business and how you got to where you are, where you are today and kind of what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on, you guys. Um, Yeah, I started my design business in 2012, um, full time. But before that, I had like a whole string of dead end jobs. Um, I really wanted to be a writer. So I'd started a, um, a blog where I showcased my writing. But at the same time, I was doing these horrible jobs like waitressing and working in a department store, tons of things like that. Um, But yeah, what I found was that people weren't necessarily talking to me or asking me about my writing. They were more interested in my blog design, which I'd done myself. Um, And yeah, I just had a lot of people asking me to design for them, asking for quotes, all of this kind of great stuff. And for me, design at that time had just been a hobby. It had been something that I was really passionate about, but I wasn't going to take it anywhere. I just designed for me. Um, but once I realized that actually that was what people were most interested in, I decided to pursue that instead and I learned all that I could about it. I interned for other designers, I took courses, you name it, I did it. And, um, and yeah, then I managed to quit my day job after I built up enough clients to allow me to do that. And now, halfway through 2014, um, I started teaching other designers, how to streamline their systems, find more clients and get booked out. I started that with a membership site and then it went on to courses and ebooks and things like that. So that's where I am today. (laughs) I love that journey. And the fact that you were like stuck in jobs like department stores and waitressing. I think that 
I mean, I did the same thing and I think it's like important for us to realize how lucky we are once we do finally get started with these businesses that we've made for ourselves and we can actually appreciate it. Like I think back to my days of working at, it's a store called Farm and Fleet and they sell like farm equipment and stuff. And I worked in the (laughs) women's clothing section at this farm (laughs) store. So I'm like, oh gosh, what I do now is great. So (laughs) I love that you kind of went through the same thing and I'm sure it kind of helped shape the kind of business you ran and how much you love doing it. Oh yeah, definitely. I worked in the the men's um, the men's department of a department store, just like selling underwear and jeans and things like this. So <laughs> it was super quiet there, and I can totally relate to that whole experience. But yeah, like you said, it, it teaches you a lot, surprisingly, about running your own it does. business. It does. <laughs> I could not agree more. I don't have as many like crummy jobs to talk about just because I feel like I didn't work really well. I was in college and then after I graduated college, I just started my business. So we'll just skip that part. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that you have talked a little bit on your blog about, you know, how you went from struggling to book those design clients to being booked out for six months in advance. I remember when I read that, I was like, um, how did you do that? <laughs> so I think our listeners would probably like throw rocks at us through their computers or their phones if we didn't ask you just how did you make that happen for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, like a lot of designers, relied solely on referrals for a long time. <laughs> so I would just, um, yeah. I think I lasted like a couple of years of just surely just like, relying on other other designers and past clients to send me clients and then I went traveling for a while came back and completely freaked out because I had zero clients lined up for the next few months and all of a sudden I remember just freaking out to uh, my best friend over a coffee because I was like how am I gonna pay my bills how am I gonna like afford the next set of traveling that we're doing like how am I gonna do all of this stuff and um, and yeah, I literally remember as well, it's so cringeworthy, but I can remember going for a McDonald's meal with a friend and having to, like feeling so humiliated that I had to ask her to pay for it for me because I was like Aww. literally at that point where I'd spent all my money on traveling and hadn't got anything else lined up and I was really worrying about it. Um, but yeah, then I I kind of decided to just knuckle down and figure out how to properly get in the game when it comes to marketing because relying on referrals is just way too risky to sort of risk your entire business on that one marketing strategy and I don't really like putting all of my eggs in one basket so to speak I prefer to diversify marketing as much as I can um while at the same time making sure that they that I have like a few strategies that I focus on but I'm still making sure that it's not just one strategy anymore. So uh, so yeah, basically what I did was I analyzed where most of my clients had come from in the past. And that ended up being through referrals or through social media. And the thing that I find that a lot of designers make a mistake with, with is that um, when they find something that works well for them, like referrals did for me, you tend to just um, sort of stick to that you either stick to that one thing or you just don't really put much effort into that and try a bunch of different things that end up don't really giving you results so um so yeah so I decided to stick to the things that had the three things that had worked the most for me in the past so that was like referrals 
Facebook and Twitter. And that was how, in a short story, that was how it led to me being booked out. I love that. Do you have like a top tip you would give for people trying to get clients on Facebook or Twitter? Yeah, I would say um, my top social media marketing tip would be to find a Facebook group that's filled with potential clients and join that group and dedicate 30 minutes a day just to networking in that group and providing really amazing advice to people, not just being in there talking about your services or trying to self-promote or any of the other yucky things that people do in Facebook groups that we all hate. Just um, just choose one group and focus on giving value to that group and becoming the go-to design expert in that group. And what you'll find is a lot of people will then, because they've seen you showing your expertise and not just saying or professing that you have it, um, because they've actually experienced it in the group, you'll be the first person that they go to um, when they're in need of design services. Love that tip. Yeah, because we can all think of those few people who are like really gross in Facebook groups. I know Corey and I have a couple where whenever we see them pop up, we're like, or when they request to join our group, we're like, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) We have several of those. (laughs) There's always a few. Well, I loved that tip about like thinking of where your past clients have tended to come Uh from and going from there. But are there any certain mistakes you see designers making when it comes to marketing their business and getting booked out? And like, if there are certain ones, how they could kind of, you know, swap and stop making those mistakes and do something better? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that one of the big mistakes we've already just um, touched on a bit just now was relying on referrals as your sole marketing strategy um it's not good because if you're just relying on other people other designers other clients then you're kind of not in control of your business's financial situation you're not in control of your revenue and it's a dangerous place i think to to put your business you're really really sort of walking on the edge if you're doing that with your business referrals can work amazingly they are fantastic and they are usually the best source of clients for most designers. But um, if you can try and diversify your marketing strategy and just sort of try a few different things so that even if your referrals dry up and people don't refer clients to you in a specific month, you still have other ways of finding clients. And I would, mm-hmm. I would say that maybe the other mistake that designers make, that I see a lot of them making when it comes to finding clients and marketing, is just being scared of marketing in general. Like the word itself sounds so sleazy. And I think a lot of designers um, and any type of creative um, just sees it as boring or daunting. Um, They often don't know where to start with marketing, but I think that's just because of all of the sleazy kind of marketing that we've all experienced from one time or another. It it actually doesn't have to be sleazy. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be fun if you find the right ways that work for you um, to find clients. Yeah, it can feel really natural. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's all about finding what you're comfortable with. Like, I think sometimes people, like you said, think that they have to bend to these like really sleazy tactics that other Mm -hmm. people are kind of putting into place for their businesses, but you don't have to. Just 
do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of um, designers in, and other like service-based businesses also see all of the marketing strategies that product-based businesses are using, like Facebook ads um, and webinars, things like that. And they get really put off by those things because they think that marketing is that it's the whole Facebook ad thing, the whole Pinterest ad thing, and just all of those kinds of things. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. When it comes to um, service-based businesses, I I feel like it's easier to market yourself. It's a lot easier than marketing products. So just don't be, anyone who's listening, just don't be too absorbed in what product-based business owners are doing to market their stuff because um, you can try different things and you could try simpler things for marketing services. Yeah, more like personal things, I feel like you can get away with with marketing services. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, Nisha, with the market of designers so crowded, and I feel like this is like one of those soapbox topics for me, (laughs) I am really curious, what do you feel is the most effective way, so maybe it's the Facebook group thing you were just talking about, um, that a designer can really market their business and be able to bring in just more clients? Yeah, so with the design market so crowded, what I don't know whether it's the same with you guys, but I have found um, with my own community, when I've asked them um, about their worries about being in a crowded market, it's usually because they're worried that everybody else is doing the exact same thing as them. Like, not only are people designing brands and websites anymore, but you see a lot of people saying, I design brands and websites for small business owners, or I design brands and websites for uh, female entrepreneurs. And whereas that used to make you stand out maybe a few years ago, I found recently that because everybody's doing that, again, people aren't really standing out from each other as much. Um, so I, I mean, some people would completely object to the idea of doing this, which is totally fine. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. Um, but I just personally find that if you choose a niche or a niche, I don't know how you guys say it, but um, if you choose a niche for your business, you will stand out so much more um, Mm -hmm. when people are actually looking for a designer. And the perfect example is um, I recently taught a webinar on this topic with Devin Devin Danielle, and she said that when she was looking for her website designer, she... Um, she came across the designer that she chose and what made her immediately hire her was because she had this really unique process that no other designer that Devon had come across was actually doing. So she, um, she designs Squarespace websites, but she basically does it in one week, I think, or it's like, it's a really short sort of time frame that she does it. And um, the process is just completely, completely unique to to her business you don't see other people doing it the way that she does in the time frame that she does and um for Devon that was like yeah no matter how much it costs I just want her to deal with this and I just want her to yeah I want her to be my designer this is the person so um yeah the lesson that I think that designers can take away from that is if you can find a niche for your business whether that's Um, a niche with what you sell with what services you provide or whether it's with your process or who you serve if you can find 
some kind of niche or some kind of way of, of standing out from other designers, then you'll stand a much higher chance of being hired. Absolutely. I think that is such a good point. And that's actually something um, like I have tried to think about in my own mm-hmm. business lately because I got stuck in that same kind of thing. Well, I design websites and brands for female business owners. Okay, like you said, that used to work, but everyone right now kind of in our extended community is a female business owner. So yeah. <laughs> what do you do beyond that? And I definitely agree that that stands out so much more when you can niche down and say, you know, wedding industry business owners or, you know, something like that, because then I definitely think it makes your clients feel like, okay, they are for sure targeting me specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It makes your clients, when they land on your website, it makes them think, oh my goodness, this designer is talking specifically to me. Like she knows my exact problems and she knows exactly where I want to be and how I want to work with a designer. I just have to, I have to hire this one. And that's the kind of, Uh, reaction you want from potential clients when they land on your website, absolutely. Okay, so yesterday in our Facebook group, we actually had a question about marketing and kind of wanted to know what what people's questions were. And the biggest questions that came up was, I'm stuck with clients on a tiny budget, like how can I get clients with a bigger budget? So what can people do differently when they need to start booking higher paying clients? How do they get away from these people with a tiny budget? Yeah, I hear this a lot too. Um, it's like, it's a really big problem. People end up staying in the same um, price zone for far too long. And uh, then they just don't know how to get out of it. But the first thing that I think the designer should do, and it's going to sound completely obvious, but the first thing you should do is believe in your higher prices and believe that there is a market of clients out there that will be happy more than happy to pay you the price that you want to charge the price that you really know your design skills deserve what i what i see a lot of designers doing is self-sabotaging and not really being confident about their higher prices just immediately thinking oh i'm charging way too high nobody's going to want this um and what that yeah and what designers tend to do is um is when they hop on a call with a client, with a potential client, if they don't truly believe in what they're charging, what I've seen them doing is sort of um, talking the price down to a client or telling them, if this is too much for, for you, we can, you know, we can tailor the package to you and we can drop certain things and it's totally fine and acting like this. And when, when a designer acts that way with the client, to the client, it immediately says this person isn't worth this amount of money or this person is actually telling me that it's okay if I want to pay less and who is really ever gonna turn down paying less if they can kind of see that that's what the designer is hinting at them like it's just a crazy thing to do um so I would say be confident in your prices I know that it's a hard thing for a lot of designers I saw in um in a Facebook group recently I saw somebody who was totally appalled because they saw a designer who charges 10K for their design services. But here's the thing, there are clients for every price point and I feel like it's something that we all have to remember. And I'm not saying that you should just start charging 10K now. Um, (laughs) Don't do that, but, but learn a lesson from it and 
and learn that, yeah, there are going to be people out there who will pay you more and it's okay to up your prices if you know that it's the right time. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And when you're like believing in your prices, you're going to start taking other actions that like support that. Like mm-hmm. you're, the, any marketing you do is automatically going to go along with that because you're going to be talking to the right people. Like, And I see a lot of people stuck in this situation but they're writing posts for like bloggers like how to blog and stuff like that well those aren't the people that are going to pay you know more than a couple hundred really for a website but when you believe in your higher prices you know the kinds of people you want to be working with everything is kind of going to follow suit so I'm really glad that you kind of brought that up as like the main thing you need to focus on is actually mindset rather than specific actions at least right away yeah, it's all about your your money mindset, I guess. It's kind of something that I've been geeking out about recently, which is why it's probably come to the forefront with this question. But yeah, that's the, that's the first thing that you should do, I think. And the second thing I would say is um, create a killer client experience because your clients aren't just paying you for designs they're paying you for the experience as well and if you if you're not giving them a great experience if you up your prices and then you book a client and then they go through your process and it's just utter chaos they're not going to be pleased with it they're not going to recommend more clients that they know in that price point to hire you so yeah work on your mindset and then work on crafting a killer client experience because it goes a long way in justifying um, that higher price point. Yeah, I definitely think that you have to make sure that, you know, you're kind of over delivering, I think, throughout the whole entire process and making your client as happy as they can be. And then that kind of helps you stick your foot out there and start getting more of those clients in that higher price point. And that actually brings me to my next question, um, which is, so once you're regularly booking clients, you have all these higher paying clients and your schedule is full. I think the next thing that people obviously are curious about is just how do you effectively manage all of them? Yeah, um, this is often like the most popular question that I get from people um even if they don't have tons of clients just how to manage your your one and only client um and I would say use a a project management system like just hands down stop managing them all through your emails because what you'll find is you'll be sending tons of back and forth emails in in like dozens of threads and um you will just start stressing out because you can't find the feedback that your client sent you three weeks ago or the client can't find this attachment because it was in the other thread and all this kind of crazy stuff that you could completely cut out of your process by using a project management tool to just keep all of your um, conversations with your clients, all of your files, your feedback, absolutely everything to do with the project. You can just keep it inside of a PM tool and it saves your sanity so much because you can suddenly go from um, from just only being ha- being able to handle like one or two clients a month to being able to handle more than that because you're more organized. So I would say if you don't already do that, then go ahead and find yourself a project management tool. And the second thing that I would say is really, really worth investing in when you start booking lots of clients is invest in a team or just a virtual assistant because 
what I find a lot of designers doing is they're used to working on their own, they're used to freelancing. So when they're suddenly inundated with clients, they kind of just keep going on their own and keep doing things the way they've always done them because that's what they know. When the reality is that when your business evolves and it grows, your team kind of needs to grow with you in order for you to still be able to manage it all effectively, I think. So um, so yeah, when your business first starts really picking up and you start getting those clients, then it's worth thinking about hiring a virtual assistant, even if it's just for five hours a week, um, or it's just for them to handle things like emails or project management, whatever it is, it will save you like so much time per week. I can absolutely guarantee it. So those are the two things that I would say are must-dos when you start booking more clients. Oh my gosh, yes. And I know Krista, when she hired her um, virtual assistant, I was mm-hmm. like l- like seeing or hearing about all of the things she was able to do and like how much more time she had. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want a virtual <laughs> assistant now. Like <laughs> they, she was doing so much stuff. So I can totally see how, you know, once you are booking out and once you are regularly booking those clients that you know, definitely use a project management tool. And that leads to the next question that we have for you. But also think about hiring help, because I do agree that a lot of times people get stuck in that solo mentality. And even if they don't, you know, I don't know, I think a lot of people think they have to do it alone, or they're Mm -hmm. too stubborn or scared to ask for help. Because I know me, I've always been too stubborn, even when I've desperately needed it. I've been too stubborn to say, okay, I'm willing to let someone else, you know, take control of some of these things. But it is so beneficial in so many ways, if nothing else than just for your sanity, like you were saying. (laughs) Absolutely. There's always like some resistance I find to like any business owner when it comes to hiring your first virtual assistant. Like for me, it was the same thing. I just, I I like to be in control (laughs) of like every aspect (laughs) of my business. So to hand over a tiny part of it at first it was just like oh can this person really do it I I can do it well so should I really be like handing it to somebody else and training them to do it and is this worth the money and the time investment that it takes to train them but it really really is honestly like once you get over the scary part and you get to know your virtual assistant and you see how much time it saves you each week it's just oh you just just won't go back (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have talked about this in a previous episode, Nisha, um, but we would love to hear a little bit more since you kind of were already talking about it, um, about how you feel about using a project management tool like Asana, because I know both of us are big Asana users, Um, like how that can help designers keep their projects on track and really just keep their clients happy throughout the whole project. Yeah, so yeah, like you said, um, both of us use Asana, love Asana. Um, I've been teaching designers to use Asana as their project management Um, tool for about a year and a half in my course and people just absolutely live us on it because it's free and it's so simple and easy to use you can use it with as many clients as you want and it just simplifies your projects like so so much Um, I mean I think that the biggest um, 
the biggest issue that I see a lot of designers talk to me about, um, a lot of my students sort of have this issue on their mind before they go through the Asana model is all about um, my clients won't want to use a project management tool. That's like the number one, <laughs> that's the number one objection that I hear a lot of designers have. They fear that their clients won't want to um, won't want to learn how to use a new tool, especially if they they've never used Asana before. And so that kind of puts a lot of designers off of even asking a client if they would be willing to use that. But what I always say is, honestly, it's so worth using a PM tool. Once you use it, you'll never want to go back to email. So it's really, really important to just move past that fear. And I have never had a client object to using Asana with me before. Like never, ever have I had a client that said to me, I don't want to learn how to use this tool. Can't we just use email? I've I just never had that happen because if you educate your clients um, on why they should use Asana with you for this project and if you educate them on the, the benefits of it and explain to them that this is how they're going to get the best out of you, what client wouldn't want to get the best out of their designer after they've just handed over so much money to you, they really want to get the best possible from you and that's not just um, designs from you, they want to get the easiest and best process from you, they want it to be really really simple. So. If you explain to them that Asana or whatever project management tool you decide to use um, will benefit them in that way and will make this process really simple for them and for you, most clients will be more than happy to use it. So if if any designers listening to this go away with anything from today, just let it be um, to not be scared of what your clients will think of using a PM tool because it will completely transform your business. Definitely. And I've actually had a couple clients, I think, where they um, got on Asana for the first time with our project. And then they were mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to use this in my own business now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I've had the same thing. People who have never heard of Asana before all of a sudden use it with their designer and they're like mind blown that they didn't know about it before. And then they go on to using it with their clients. So it really is, it really is worth using, I think. Okay, so to kind of wrap everything up here in a pretty little bow, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, the different things you offer for designers? Because I know our listeners are going to eat all of that up and then just keep up with you online. Yeah, so you can go and keep up with me at my website, which is nishawillery.com. And you can go to nishawillery.com forward slash membership if you want a free one hour masterclass all about how to market your design services on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.